This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Europe, the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This is an Irish independent podcast. We are only one week into 2024, but already we have amassed a huge amount of talking points for the latest episode of the Left Wing Podcast. This weekend, we have another round of Champions Cup fixtures. The Lions head coach will be revealed later this week, and we are expecting it to be Andy Farrell. And there's also a small matter of the Ireland Six Nations squad being announced next week and the identity of the new captain to be revealed. So all that to come on tonight's episode of the Left Wing Podcast. Will Slattery here, so I'll be joined by Luke Fristrell and Rory O'Connor in studio. And Rudd, we might start with the squad and, and the identity of the captain. You know, we were talking a bit off air. It's funny that, like, this time, you know, last World Cup cycle, it was obvious that Johnny Sexton was going to be appointed. He was a senior man. He had already announced he was, you know, staying to battle on for another cycle. This time around, there's a load of candidates. We were kicking a few around off air. It's a bit of mystery around. I want to ask you kind of a two-parter. Who do you think will be announced when the squad is announced as the captain and who would you pick if it was up to you? That's a good question, Will. Uh, I don't know the answer to who who do I think will be the captain because Andy Farrell hasn't done any media since he, um, since since the World Cup, that, that post-match uh, press conference which was, I think was aired live on Virgin. Like he didn't do anything the next day. You know, he hasn't done anything since. We haven't heard from him at all. Um, and... As such, there's no been no indication as to his thoughts, and and really, there's been nothing in the media apart from speculation and um, pieces like the one I wrote last weekend, kind of listing out who the kind of contenders are, what the factors are behind it. And I think when I saw Peter Romani being um, stepping down as Munster captain a couple of months ago, now I kind of and knowing what we know about Andy Farrell and the fact that Peter Romani is the next man up in terms of seniority like so Johnny Sexton and Keith Earls have moved on O'Mahony would be down the back of the bus with those players I suppose Keane Healy would be in that group as well but he's not really well, he's not a starter and he, I don't think he's ever been a captain and O'Mahony has been a captain I kind of made a leap to think O'Mahony is probably the next in line and I can see the merits of having O'Mahony as the captain for the next year as we kind of begin the process of moving towards 2027 and 
you know, there is the possibility, having seen Dwayne Vermeulen and Dion Fury win a World Cup in their late 30s, that potentially he could go all the way. But even if it was just kind of a, a transitional thing, I could see the merits of it. But look, from what we hear, he's been downgraded to a Munster contract. It's one of the reasons he stepped down as, as the Munster captain. Um, and that would indicate that he's probably not the, going to be the captain. I, I think if I was does, looking does at... Does he have to be on a central contract to be the captain? Why would that the be the The precedent case? would be that the Ireland captain yeah. would be on a central. So, but if Andy Farrell think, well, yeah, I suppose... It's, it's a hard, like yeah. the, that would be a strange one, but may, maybe, look, we don't... I'm, I'm, I'm in the realm of speculation here. Yeah. Doris is the one that I would go with, personally. Um, and I can see why Andy Farrell would, would like the idea of skipping a generation almost and going with, you know, the player that is probably the best player in the whole squad now that Sexton's moved on the kind of you know an automatic starter you know James Ryan someone we, we, we will probably toss around but is James Ryan an automatic starter in the team now you know he got dropped during the World Cup um, Gary Rinos is a contender but he's quite far removed from the action at 13 and, and maybe even 14 if things break the way with a couple of injuries you know he's not right at the heart of things um, there's no obvious contender and that's the interesting part of it Sex wasn't necessarily obvious four years ago a lot of people wanted to go with Ryan and, and kind of break with the the team of the 2018-2019 kind of <coughs> campaign but in, now looking back it seems obvious that it was Sex and so um, I would go with Doris personally but I really I think no one has any idea what Andy Farrell is doing apart from Andy Farrell and if he's spoken to the person the person themselves. What does it say about where the squad is at that like, was it so Johnny Sex independent that it's rooted, there's no obvious candidate. Shouldn't there be a case that we're kind of like, oh, it's definitely going to be X or Y. We we've, we could list five guys with kind of reasonably compelling cases. Some obviously, as Rudd said, maybe a bit younger than others, but it is funny that like, you know, Johnny stepped away and there's no obvious person just to be like, okay, he's going to be our captain. Like, No, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's that important that there isn't an obvious candidate. Uh, I think, um, there's always going to be some kind of vacuum left with particularly Earl's leaving too and um not sure how long a man he's going to keep playing for but like you know he's he's coming towards the end as well so there will be some serious uh, experience leaving um you know like having left sorry and and uh, that will leave soon so um you know I think the, the the obvious candidate will probably emerge I'm not sure it's as important that it, it's it's emerged as we speak uh, I think there's probably some good candidates I think it's no harm in trying them out I think Henderson could be a short term fix for you too particularly he's in this he kind of was the guy who was picked ahead of Ryan he's very experienced he's doing a great job in Ulster his key thing has always been can he stay fit it's never actually about the, the quality of player that he is I don't think even though you, there's, there's certainly some things in his game that you would like to, him, him to improve but generally speaking he's a big player for Ulster and they've had you know a bit of a resurgence of late interesting to see if they can get that consistency we always look for um, and he'll be a key guy in that I think um, you know I, I think there's probably something there like I mean Keenan is probably in my mind the most settled and probably the one with the least competition um, and has a very good track record injury wise he'd be there every week but he's too far from the action um, and hasn't really been a captain either Ringrose to my mind would be you know suited to the role but I think he's got a bit of a challenge on his hands now with Bundy looking like he's he's locked down that 12 role after the World Cup he was so so good in the World Cup and he might have a bit of a fight in his hands because you know you got Henshaw, Hume, these guys um, hanging around over the next couple of years so he'll have his work cut out there so is he is he a guaranteed starter? I think he probably is, but he's got a fight in Sam's. Um, and then you probably head into the pack. And, and to be honest with you, I think I always would have felt like Ryan was was the obvious candidate. Uh, I think he probably still is, um, you know, just in terms of age. 
And I think he's playing brilliant rugby, even though, uh, you know, he obviously got injured and uh, sorry, injured and, and struggled a little bit at the World Cup maybe for a bit of form, but probably struggled a bit off the line out struggling, which I think was probably a team issue possibly um, and maybe a coaching issue. We don't know really uh, what, what went on there, but it certainly didn't function well. I think he, he suffered from that, Will. I think he's the best candidate. Um, I think he's respected by everyone. He's well-liked. He's a good speaker. It doesn't seem to carry... I don't think it weighs heavily on his shoulders to speak to the press, even if he can be quite gruff at times. Um, I think he may not have helped himself of late. I think that La Rochelle performance against the referee was very, very combative. And very public, like it was just a big game that I ever It was a big you know, one, yeah. Like now, the argument is that it might have worked in their favour in the end, but yeah. maybe that's because Ringo saved the day by being a calm head. But if there so, was no co-captain that day, you know, would it have been a success? Yeah, that, that, that's, and that's, that's why I make the point, Will, you know. That was never held against Sexton, because at the start of Sexton's captaincy, Sexton wasn't popular with referees. He had very public <laughs> exchanges with some of them. He even threw his toys out of the pram coming off the pitch as the captain in, in the 2026 20, Nations decider in Paris when Ross Byrne came on. I remember he, he had that kind of um, shaking his head at the camera and stuff and Farrell stood by him. So I think Farrell's very, is able to see the, uh, the you know, the capacity to develop and he's improve these case. things. Johnny, 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 Johnny No, no, he likes the competitor. I think he'll have seen, I think he'll have seen the competitor in that coming off the what, pitch. I don't yeah, want to leave the Johnny Sexton can get away with and what other players can get away with. Sure. I think But he could also see the positive in Ryan and being him being so kind of you know, into it that he could, you know, and that's something and he was that he brilliant. could work on, you know. He was brilliant and, and he was right. so good against, he was so good against La Rochelle. Like he was the key guy when, when he went off in, in the final last year, that's what that's what mm. cost Lens for the game, you know. He, he his, his, like Henderson, I think his injury profile is is possibly something that may come against him in, in, in the decision. But I, I don't know about I that. I wonder but. about his in-game strategy when he's, I, I think he's at his best when he's free of these responsibilities and he's able to just pour himself into the yeah. work because the work is all consuming. He he's a high volume tackler, carrier, mm. and rook hitter. Like yeah. he is, he he needs to be almost all in on this job. And if you take, if you plant the seed of what are we doing with this lineup, what are we doing with this mm, penalty? I agree. It's sometimes I think Stade de France twenty twenty two, which again is a learning experience. But that so was a terrible mistake. I, I don't necessarily yeah. agree. They, took, they were six. They were six behind. And they took a three-pointer in the 22 to cut it three, even though they needed another try anyway. And France went down the pitch and immediately scored a penalty. And it was muddled thinking, I thought. But like, that, that, again, that's a... hit then, Will, though, you know? That's a lesson. Well, that, you know, but that's a lesson. Five yeah, or six. But, but these yeah. are all learning experiences. Yeah. So you could you could hold that against him or you could say, right, he's been through that. He'll know what to do next time. Yeah. But I, Henderson's one that, sorry, I, I, I overlooked earlier. A lot of people are clamoring. There's a bit of a clamor for Dan Sheehan as well. as just that kind of... Really effusive character, very popular, um, good talker. Would wear it well, but it, I don't think I don't know if Dan Sheen has early much to me for that one. Yeah, he captained Leinster this year against the Dragons. I think it was the first time he. Yeah, and, and Doris only captained Leinster for the first time. Although he's yeah. a former Ireland under twenties captain, I'm very um, good in the media as well. I think, like Doris, Doris and communicator yeah. piece, like which I don't think Ryan has. Like you know more than I yeah, do. Yeah, I, I I would disagree with you about Ryan in the media. Like he, he he's doesn't like, I did say he doesn't like doing it, and he really? particularly yeah. if you put him in a room with with a couple of journalists, he's generally quite good and engaging and he's a good talker put him in a room full of cameras Six Nations week he, it weighs very heavily you think on him. yeah I, I feel he like he's in. good at staying on message he stays on message but like he's not well you know from our perspective the maybe captain he's, is the public face of the team as well Like, and you, you might think that's bullshit like it doesn't matter for performance but I, I think don't it, think don't. I, I, yeah. think the, I don't think I, he values it that well, highly one, one might think that it doesn't make uh, a difference but I think it does I think, I think that the value on the pitch is, is overstated but I don't think the, the value of the captain is overstated publicly that's, that's really? not 
Oh no, it's really important to have the I right think person the pitch, there. Well, you obviously would know. No, I, I, it doesn't matter. Sure, but like maybe it's because I was out in the wing. Yeah. Uh, like what Drico? What Drico? Like he's in. What Drico? You're on your own out there, man. And you're Ryan on your own also, out there. Ryan is already in that. Like Sexton outsourced a lot of those decisions about points corner, that sort of thing. To, like Ryan was part of that committee yeah. as well. Apparently, Ronan Kelleher is quite vocal in those decision making when he comes on as well. Yeah. I think what mitigates against Sheehan and probably Tyke Furlong, who's another senior player who I think is Captain Ireland in the last couple of years. Or Remember he gave that funny interview, it was before November game, I think. Yeah. Like, you know, Fiji, captain is a guy dreamt of, you know, potatoes and sports <laughs> and stuff. It's funny. But like, that was the Fiji game that actually yeah. ended up to be quite damaging for a number of players, including Joey Carberry. But um, he he doesn't stay on for, for for 80 minutes. And Dan Sheehan would re- regularly be subbed off after 50, 60 minutes as well. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah, you really point. don't want your captain... Um, doing that although Bongi Amanambi was doing it for South Africa during the World Cup at times as well so they're look, a weird case well, like, <laughs> he played 80 minutes in a lot he did, of the he did, he did. Yeah. Like, Sheehan has yeah. the capacity <laughs> like you know but so look we've named probably eight players well, which I think highlights how funny, open like, it is it's it's, it's, like, ma- it's bizarre that there's like we, there's not a consensus or that it's not even kind of you know like you as, in, as, a, as a kind of kind of Ear to the ground, kind of. It's, it's it's like as you said, Andy Farrell hasn't done any media, so there's like it's quite a tight ship now, Ireland. Um, yeah. I know the team does still generally get out, but like the, this kind of information doesn't off, often get out. Um, <coughs> they're not. They're naming the squad next Wednesday, um, the 16th. They flagged that out in advance, so we'll know then. But Farrell tends to name for Windows, but he he did that with Sexton. He, he backtracks in the hallway through. So can I float one more? Tyburn is not an option. I think he's very he's a live option for that monster one. I think. Yeah, but based on that, it seems to be a very live option for that to me. Is he is he Ireland? He's he, like he's guaranteed to be in the team. I think he's like of all the players and like I think he's a guarantee. He's a cert to be in the team. Yeah, I. Because yeah, they play him, him at six if they don't play. He's him very in, comfortable in the, in the, in the media. He's a very yeah. respected player. He's. I don't see him as being that kind of effuse. I'm not on either. I remember that Lancaster a couple of years ago came in and gave all the players a personality test in Leinster and they all came out yellow or whatever the colour is that well, is quiet. Politics, they all go yeah. into their shape. And I think Byrne is, is fairly quiet. I think he's happy for let, to let others do the running in terms of the talking and that sort of stuff. But he is a highly respected, very good player. I, he's never really been seen as captaincy material until now. And, and yeah. the Munster thing is... There hasn't been a need, though, to really look at no. either. So and Munster have always had Omani. And like yeah. we're seeing now that they're struggling without Omani as their captain. So he's I, I don't see him as being in the frame, but maybe he should be. But I I, I think the, you think the, the, other the two runners are, and riders yeah, 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 are pretty yeah. Henderson... Um, Ryan seems to me like... Hen- really Henderson, good, Ryan, yeah. Doris, I think, would be... The, I'm sorry, Omani would be in that, that mix as well. Um, I think John McCarthy is an issue for all of them because I think McCarthy's quickly becoming the most like he. I know it hasn't happened yet, but I expect McCarthy so to play effective. a big role in this Six Nations. Particularly the, Fr- the French English games, you Absolutely. think he's important? All there, the yeah. games. I just think he's going to be the cornerstone of the Irish pack for the next ten yeah. years, and it's basically who plays with Joe McCarthy. I don't see that yet. I don't see that yet. But I, I get your point. I, I think I think he's got a bit of work to do to get there. But I, the type of player he is. It's definitely in the big games we're calling out for it. Like, he'll certainly be... I, I, I think he'll be an important part, but whether we're working our starting team around him, I don't know. I, mean, I get the point, is, though. I get the, I guess, I mean, like, he could make an impact. South Africa, a, France, England, I see, definitely. But I don't I know. Physically, brought against La Rochelle was a big kind of step. You know, step Ryan was unbelievably journey. physical, not yeah, too. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, the final, as you for Ryan, yeah. But for Ryan to have someone like McCarthy beside him just allows him to go off and do to what he does. Because... If he has someone lighter like Ty Byrne, he, he's he's being asked he's to do the, the work of a heavier man, outdoors, which yeah. drains yeah, you yeah, and yeah, takes yeah, things yeah, away. Yeah. So it makes him a better player. So, um, and I think McCarthy's. I, I really, really believe that McCarthy's going to play a big role. In this well, he plays seasons. big minutes. I think no matter what, as in like his. Sorry, when I say big minutes, 
I think he comes on at, at 50 minutes for me, regardless, or mm. 55 minutes. Like, he's mm. that kind of player now where you go, okay, let's put, let's, let's, let's turn the knife, or actually, you know what, we need a bit of help in there. He, he's that guy for me on the bench, maybe, but. Friday night in Marseille. Like, you, like you yeah, want him on Friday yeah, you want, night. In you want, him, you want him in your pack there. So, yeah. what was your prediction for captain, sorry? Who? Doris. Doris, you think he'll be named? Ooh, no. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I, you know, I, he's, he's the one I would back, and, the, and I, I just have a hunch that, that Farrell might. Go with him because he is guaranteed, and he is he has a presence, and he ha- like the players really respect him, and he's he's confident. But gives good quotes. He, 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 no, he does, but like he, he would go into a room with the other captains that say a Six Nations launch, and he would instantly command respect. Like people, I, mean, I interviewed Tron um, uh, Kino during the World Cup, and Kino was just like raving about Caelan Doris. You know, people he he has that status of you know he is probably this generation. Him and Sheehan probably are this generation. So O'Connell. Or O'Driscoll in kind of the, the Are status. Are personality wise? I don't. Maybe. I don't see that personality wise so, at all, no. Rudds. Yeah, I, I think but playing wise, playing enough, these players. I think that's, that's like, sorry. That's the point. Like, yeah, you know I think Doris has that. I think Doris, Doris can. The only thing I think maybe there's more good players. I don't, maybe maybe there's that. I don't there know. is that. Yeah, and like, that and I love putting Hugo up, but I think your point about Hugo is that it's too far away. He's too far away from the action. Like, I think he would be. They would love to make him the captain. I'm trying to think, is there any kind of fullback captains that have been? Sure, Gavin Hastings would be the one that Hastings was the one. Hastings more so. Hastings was a great oh, captain. He was a great captain. Like, well, I didn't think Hogg's captaincy was an issue with Scotland. They're like, you know, Actually, he, he went down. He went down with Finn Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that wasn't to do with playing a fullback though. Like, that was, uh, you know, Hugo Keane. I can yeah. guarantee you, that Hugo <laughs> Keane would not make those mistakes that Stuart Hogg made. No, he's cute. Um, he's a smart player. But in terms of on pitch on the day, like they recognised that he was probably their best player, and, and they gave him yeah. the captaincy. I don't. There was many things wrong with Scotland, but I don't think a fullback being captain was was the issue. Yeah, well, you kind of the talk of second round stuff brings us onto the, the squad generally. We'll be named last or next week. Back three is a big issue. Obviously, Mac Hansen and Jimmy Aram both ruled out yesterday. You know, it looks like James Lowe could be back uh, in the mix, which would be great considering I think Hugo Keenan is going to would have been the only fit kind of starter from the back three. Otherwise, what way do you think they might go in the back three? For, for that opening game? Uh, I think, I'd love to see Stockdale in there. I've been a pretty vocal in terms of the criticism of him, but I, I just, I'd love it to work for him. I'd lo- I think he's a big guy, he's quick, uh, he's had a bad run of injuries. I think he was playing, he almost kind of played himself close to a squad spot, I think, just before the World Cup too. So, to my mind, he's probably naturally the next guy in, bar Jimmy O'Brien, who was so, so good in the World Cup. So unfortunate, that injury. I really I hope he, hope he's okay. That's not a good area. As I, a bit of, uh, obviously, a bit of familiarity with issues in the area. It's, uh, it's, a, it, it's a serious injury, I think, you know, so hopefully he's okay. Um, but I, I think, yeah, Stockdale probably um, makes the most sense, I think, and Farrell does like him. And they play I, him and Lowe, both two left wings. I don't see why, yeah, I, I don't see why you couldn't play Stockdale on, on the right or Lowe on the right. I Low, sorry, low, less so, I think. But um, I I'm d- trying to think if I've ever seen Stockdale play right wing, though. Yeah, but I thought, uh, well, who's the Balakun then, really? Is the, is the, well, that's or the Nash. problem. Like, the, Nash I think yeah. like Zebo is, Zebo has to be in the squad, but is he going to be, is he going to be picked? Well, so but I again, he's a left winger. So, I, like, if you, if you are to, and, and look, you know far more than I do about playing, playing wing at the international level, but none of those left footed players, I don't think Zebo's ever worn a 14 shirt for Ireland. I can't think of it no. um, so you have a fairly decent depth chart if Lowe's fit you've Stockdale you've Zebo, three left wing yeah, yeah. you've Shane Daly down in Munster is playing very well as well so that, that's yeah. four good options in the left wing and then the right wing you've lost um, Mac Hansen the starter Jimmy O'Brien the guy who commanded for him in the World Cup quarter final you've lost Keith Earls who's retired and Ganju Kame who's retired as well so that was your depth chart yeah. and now you're going to Balakun who is undeniably quick and talented and a great finisher. Not a bad defender, but they just don't seem to really trust him 
Um, Larmer, who they've lost faith in altogether, but is still a uh, you know quality, a, operator. A quality operator starting for Leinster in European Cup games and playing quite well without really being the Larmer that burst on the scenes. And Calvin Nash, who's starting for Munster, and they like him, was in the wider World Cup squad and is probably ahead of Larmer in the pecking order. But I wouldn't say he's tearing up trees at the same time. And you're going to France in your first game, so there's no chance to ease them in against a, a Scotland or an Italy at home first before they go for that test. And that's why I think Gary Rimnos is going to play right wing. And they're going to play probably a Bundy, sorry, I'm predict, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating, but I'm saying Bundy, Aki and Robbie Henshaw on midfield at Ringrose on the right wing. And you have incredible defensive solidity. You have Ringrose with that footballer's instinct to be able to do what Hansen does and come in and create and, you know, be a second receiver. Um, and it just, he's got experience. And against France on that day, not a lot of on the wing, but he has played a bit of rugby on the wing. And recently, Renster have been taking off Larmer, bringing on Natai in midfield and shifting Ringrose out to the right wing. So he's getting met reps there as well. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, we were discussing it off air. Obviously, I, I, I think it's uh, we, we both kind of were in agreement on that one that that might be a logical move for them. Um, Gary's unbelievably talented, like one of my favorite players to to watch. Um, you know, got to see him coming up through the ranks. Um, Super talent, you the know. The defensive stuff you've identified, if he was to be put, put on the wing. It's different on the wing. Yeah, so what, yeah. How would that I'd say change or would it be the same? I think it's quite simplified on the wing. I think he won't be in that role where he's shooting up. And Robbie's lovely to defend outside. Robbie makes your decisions very, very simple. Um, you know, and it's probably more simplified the further out you get. You know what I mean? You're either goose or you're not, generally. Most of the damage is done on the inside uh, for, for the most part. You just have to stop yourself from doing kind of making these mad decisions, which it sounds like he has been told to do that role, that kind of shooter role. And I think he sacrificed a little bit of himself. A little bit of his real quality to me was always that he was like defensively, like such a, like he was a lockdown defender to me. Uh, and I think that kind of wild streak and that bravery that he has has worked against him in that role. I think he's lost a bit of his technique. Might be a nice time for him to find that out in the wing. It's still a very difficult place to, to defend because you've got a kick threat that you have to manage too. But I think Keenan working with him should, should like Keenan would be nice Keenan's to work with. There. Yeah, yeah. Keenan's nice to work with there. So like Gary's got the pace. He's got the footwork. He's got the nice right foot step that you always like to have. You like, you like to have your winger having their favourite step, generally coming back in field, and then the obvious kicking. You know, if he's stuck and the defender, you know, there's nowhere to step back inside to keep the ball alive. It's always nice to have that right footed kick down the line. Where do you want to go? Long, grubber, whatever you want to do. That's always a nice option to have as a winger. And I think he's comfortable under the high ball too. It's not, not something that he couldn't learn anyway. And why do you think Ireland will go with it? I agree. That it sounds good. I'm agreeing with it. I like the picture you're both painting. But why do you think Ireland but will go for it? Like the what? fixture. I think the fi like yeah. if you were if you had an Italy, a Scotland, or even a Wales at home in your opening game, or even away, they'd have more comfort in putting you give someone, someone a shot. Untested. You? you give yeah. someone a shot, and they yeah. may well do that against Italy in nine days after the first game. But the fact that it's France away and it basically unlocks the entire tournament. You know that is. The, the whole tournament yeah. lives or dies in that opening night. If you lose um, the opener, you're probably not winning the tournament. You're probably not winning. I mean, there is a route to France of England at home. Wales and, yeah. have done that, you know, like in the past. But really, you're looking at the top two from the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and Ireland are going there to win this. And I think we'll see a very strong squad name, very a lot of continuity from the World Cup. So I, it's it's more like if, if you Keith Earls there, if you Calvin, sorry, if you Andrew Conway, or even Jimmy O'Brien, I think they go with one of those options. Maybe they go with Balakun. Maybe if someone comes in and trains really well, they they promote them and they got they back them. And Farrell and Fairness yeah. does back players. But the way they've bombed nearly all of these players out at different points would suggest to me that they don't have full faith um in them. And like 
yes, Stockdale could move to the 14, but you've got a right a left footed kicker on the right right side of the game, away from away from home, and a, mm. um, you know, in a game where the kicking battle is going to be really really crucial. Um, the, the, the argument is though that you know, if if you ask me personally about it, uh, you know, and I play there on occasion on the right wing as well. Like I I think. The the one thing that I don't see many wingers doing who have to make the switch is, is actually you just have to have a decent grubber game mm. because Stockdale does which you do so like that's why I, that's why I was saying I don't know if it's actually as big an issue as people are making out if you think about all your kicks you know you can it's nice to be kicking back in field it takes like you know the slice is still an issue for you if you're right footed but as a left footed kicker like you know if you're putting up a Gary Owen like you're gonna you're gonna be doing it with time. Mm. If you are putting up a, if you're doing a long kick, you're going to be doing it with time in front of the defensive line. The only, the only one that you really need a right foot for, I think, is the one where you're under pressure, where the tackler is cutting you off and it's going to put you in touch, and you want to keep it alive. And I think a grubber is perfect for that, or a chip, which I think is very doable. Like I, I don't think that takes a massive. Like Zebo certainly would be able to do that. I, I, yeah. I would back him to be able to do that on short notice. And also, you know, the one thing about Zebo is that the skills. The skills, he's a smart defender too. Now, I don't know how good he is at a really hard up defence, but I, I still think he's a smart defender and I think he rarely gets beaten. He rarely gets beaten. He's a smart fan and he's lovely skills. He, he gives you that same thing that Hansen gives you where he can open up a team and open up the pitch for you, which is really important, I think, mm. against teams that come hard off the line. And I can't think that a guy with his skills can't learn how to put in a grubber kick if he's under pressure uh, running down the right wing. I just I just can't see that being an issue for him. So uh, he, to my mind, would be would make the, the shift most naturally. He's, but I think Stockdale would be the pre- preference for Andy Farrell. I still think he could learn that skill. He's got great momentum, Zebo, And so does Stockdale, actually. And I yeah. think the next two weeks could be really... I suppose it's only one game because he's naming the squad next Wednesday. And Zebo, I think, is still touch and go for that squad because he's never been in an Andy Farrell squad. Mm. Whereas Stockdale, they know him. He was very close to the World Cup. Yeah. But if if he plays, like they go to Toulon this Saturday, and Zebo is out of his skin again, it's going to be very hard to not pick him in that squad next week, especially with the depth issues. And then he gets, then they go home. They play Northampton in the final game again. They're down numbers. If he plays big in that game, suddenly he's come arriving yeah. at the camp. Yeah, he's definitely worth a squad place. Like. I think yeah, he's thirty-seven man squad. See, that's that, his 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 only thing that's working against him. Like he he might be good for that. The one thing that that you might pick him for is that. If if you're not picking him on that for that right wing berth, which is a which is a fairly likely possibility, but seeing as he hasn't played, he's been playing fullback. Um, he's so far from I think Keenan. I think Keenan's so far ahead that I I think rightly or wrongly, I just think no, it's, I it would take a lot. But I, I just feel like it's whether it, Zebo. The only thing that might work against him is that he hasn't been in the squads. He has a bit of a reputation for not being like he's always good in the in the rugby training. Yeah. But in the other training, like, is he kind of a disruptive presence? Is he, he, which you know, he's been in the media, you know, that's kind of unusual for guys who are playing. I don't have an issue with anything. He would be in my squad, but that's definitely something that might work I, against him. I, I agree that Keenan is miles ahead, but I think that in the depth chart, one he, should well, one, sorry, he should but be. Sorry, he should be. There's one Keenan injury away being like, who's starting at fullback? Well, Matt Hanson, Hanson, Hanson and Jimmy O'Brien yeah. were, were yeah, the yeah. next man up. So, so you've I, lost that. So, so you're looking yeah. at, so the next fullback up is probably, because Haley's out. It has to be Zebo. Sorry, I, I, but sorry, Will Addison Could Will Addison come back into the Seems like a long time. It does, but he's starting every week for Ulster now. Zebo's playing far better than I agree, yeah. I agree, and he could, but but Allison and Allison's injury profile is terrible, but yeah. his, his age profile is probably a bit better, and also he covers right wing, so he could play there. And yeah. Farrell likes him, but I think he's got a way to go. It would be a <laughs> big leap from where he is now. But I was just throwing him into the mix. Yeah, um, he's definitely a phena- interesting. A phenomenal like player, Allison, it, when he gets fit. But it's been yeah, the, the he, journey I don't think he's, he's, he's certainly an area to leg injury no. about two or three years ago. I don't think he's he's, been he's very smart though. 
and he, no, would, he, he would be able to play that heads up game. Yeah, but is he is he is he as smart as Zebo? I don't know. I think Zebo's a seriously smart rugby player, and defensively yeah. he's. I excellent. think he should be. Yeah. Sorry, he would be in my team yeah. too. I just I I'm trying squad, to play sorry. devil's advocate. Yeah, I think yeah. is why you might not, and the age profile thing as well. Like, do you now look at the next crop? Zebo's thirty three. Like, but the one area that Ireland Ireland's producing an incredible amount of rugby players at an incredibly high level. But one, there's two areas: loose head prop. Paddy McCarthy aside is is not brilliant. Um, actually, the, the the younger guys are good, but there's kind of a bit of a gap in between twenty and thirty, really. And winger, there's not a great like the the throughput of wingers into the system is not huge. You know, Leinster are not producing wingers for their academy that that, that frequently. Like, it's not an area of huge strength. So it's it's yeah. um it's a bit of like, like a Nash. Side I, do, I like, like I mean, Nash is good. Nash I think it's good. Upside, but, you, I think, but, but the two outstanding wingers in the system are both one's Australian with an Irish mother, and the other is a, a, a project player from New Zealand. You know, they've yeah, had yeah. to recruit in that area. You know, so I think that is. Yeah. I think the fall off from Hansen and Lowe, especially in the way they contribute beyond what you the, the nuts yeah, and bolts. Yeah, like yeah. you know, Balakun is a really good nuts and bolts, old fashioned winger. He just doesn't do what Mac Hansen does in terms of coming in and influence the game. The problem is, very few players do. Zebo can. Zebo definitely has that. That, to my mind, he he fits the plan. And I think Ringrose could do that as well if given the. No, Ringrose, but Ringrose isn't an unbelievable. I wouldn't say Ringrose is an unbelievable playmaker. I've never thought that. I always think he's like a really, like, you know, if, 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 think, 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 watch him. He doesn't. He's not putting guys into into holes. That's not his. That's not what he does. Great. I don't think. I've never mm. felt that about him. And other players who play, I tell you would would feel that as too. As soon as you said that, I just remember him not throwing that pass against Saracens. No, 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 no. That's have won that no, but that's that's that one. Well, that's one. But I, I would say it's it's kind of uh, regular. He was one of the ones that didn't give a pass in the in that what was it thirty thirty odd um, phase end game. It was one of them. But he's a great runner. He's really fit. He's a great runner. He's a brilliant tackler. Like Gary has always been one of my favourite players to watch but he, he is a runner himself which is why I think the wing might be nice for him but I don't think it's because of his playmaking ability it's funny him being put on the wing kind of reminds me of the tacticals or the positional switch done in the opening game of the 2019 Six Nations when Robbie Henshaw went the full back against England when Rob Carney was injured I was calling for that yeah <laughs> I, to be fair they got hammered anyway but that also didn't go very well no, like no, going to Marseille <laughs> like Thomas Ramos you know Billy Beret and Pano are like yeah. playing like, out of their skin is it more mm. of a risk to play him on the wing or play an untested right winger that's that's the question Andy Farrell has to debate and I, I don't know the answer but I, I have a feeling they're going to lean into experience, at, especially for this. Uh, Ring Rose well able. He's a smart rugby player too. Yeah, I just feel I like just he'd feel be like good. Stockdale's return being away to France, I could just see that going badly. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> out of position as well. <laughs> yeah, and, of, and yeah. I don't know if Stockdale is the most. Uh, I think Stockdale is at his best when he's not thinking. And I think putting him on the right wing is asking him to, to do things he's not used to doing because he hasn't played there very often, and you know make decisions and and kind of be you know we all we talked about his defence an awful lot. You know, there's obviously different elements to being a right winger to a left winger. I know there are different sides of the, the same thing, but there is different elements. I just wonder whether only they, really they would fear only really off scrum. You know, there's some kicking stuff too, but like it's more generous for for uh, receiving kicks generally because it's a harder kick for the scrum halves who are generally right-footed. But mm. other than that, it's it's kind of, it's it's similar. It's, it's only off scrum time where you might lose, where you're, generally speaking, you might lose your nine. You might, your mind, you're, you know, if you're on the right wing, your nine might try and, t- your team might just say, you know, we don't want to worry about the blind side. That, that, that's, unless unless there's a big wheel on the scrum and you're, you're, you do get your nine back. But um, that's the only place really the, okay. these days you, you, you would see 
they're like a massive difference defensively, you know, for, for, for the most part. Where it is lovely is if you're a playmaker. Playmaking on the right wing is lovely generally, you know, because you can, if, you're, if you're drifting in off stuff, you, you know, you're generally passing with your good hand. That's, that's, it, sounds like a, it sounds like a silly thing, but generally oh, it speaking, is, yeah. you know, it's, it, is, it is something that most people find. I mean, I was left-footed, left left right-handed, and it was always awkward. You know, any playmaking role, play, you're playmaking off your, your weaker hand generally, off set plays and stuff. So it could be a nice thing for a white winger. I always thought it might be. Yeah, I like that idea of ring rows in the right wing. We one of the very interesting kind of selection subplots to follow over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, we were talking about the captaincy earlier, how there's a bit of mystery around it. You're going to the Lions head coach announcement later this mm. week and we all think it's Andy Farrell, but you're kind of choking off air that actually yeah, it hasn't really been confirmed yet either. We're presuming it'll be Andy Farrell when you turn up, but you know, yeah, I hope he's not getting Warren Gatland again that he just walks out onto the stage. Yeah, well, we're having the Rugby Riders uh, of Ireland annual dinner on Wednesday, and Andy Farrell is coming. The chairman, here. I believe. I, I'm the chairman, yeah, uh, for my sins. And, oh, uh, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Andy, Andy Farrell is coming, as far as we know, anyway, so. Um, and then a lot of us are getting up in the morning, so cursing the date, getting up in the morning, flying to, flying to Heathrow. If Gregor Towns and walking to the room, try and feed him with beers, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, we will be watching what he's drinking uh, very closely to see how fresh he wants to be. And like even that, that's planted a little bit of seed down in my mind in that you know he, he often with these lines things to be a dinner the night yeah. before or something. But Andy kind of Andy Farrell seems to do. But they might try and sneak them in. Do they try and sneak them in? Even a dinner is well. almost like they kind of go right under the radar, get him out of here. Yeah, like, so no one I, sees him coming in, or no one sees him on a plane over it, or something. That's like yeah, like, like just that's planted a seed of doubt because it's such a big deal and a big honour in terms of your you know and, and, and it's sold. no one else forward though it's really. a big Sky Sports thing you well, see him, you'll see him on your Ryanair flight now uh, arriving into Heathrow yeah <laughs> I'd say he's had probably an earlier flight yeah, exactly. we, we're putting it fine exactly, but, um, yeah. look, I'll see you there it does uh, like, you know even I've been in touch with English journalists who've been on to me and like everyone is, thinks this is a fait accompli and you're right like yeah. Gregor Townsend was the head coach effectively four years ago under Warren Gatland or sorry in 2021 uh, one under Warren Gatland and and is is probably the other contender, but Andy Farrell's achievements in the last in the subsequent four it's years. The last pool game of the World Cup. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, look, Townsend's a good coach. That's a bit harsh, but, but like, his, you know, but his in fairness to, to to Townsend, like his resources are very different yeah, to Farrell's. Yeah, uh, but Farrell's different. achievements and also the yeah. fact that you know, he's been and on. He should t- stop talking them up. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been yeah. on two tours before. Yeah. He, you know, Gatlin's anointed him. Uh, he went to New Zealand and put warm-up games in the schedule, won a three-test series against New Zealand with Ireland and beat the Maori once out of twice too yeah, as well. Yeah. That was as much challenging the uh, the Irish players and management to cope but as well as going look to the Lions, look what I can do on a yeah, tour. Yeah. So I think he deserves a shot. I know you're going to ask, is it the right thing for Irish rugby? And... Um, and that's another debate, yeah. but I think in terms of the prestige of the role, I'd say it was part of his renegotiation. Yeah, I think the RFU would have said to him, "You go with our blessing in this one," you know, because because I think if they'd said no to that, he might not have been as. Yeah, uh, it's also nice for him. I think it's a great opportunity for for Irish rugby to develop some other coaches too, who I think they'll have. And I know, you, sorry, Will's grimacing there, but I, I do think it is. I, I think it's a really good opportunity to do that. I, I think, like, you know, there, there's a very established kind of staff there, I think, for the most part. I know Kat's leaving and all that, but there's people here who, it's hard to move around. It's a good opportunity to give someone a go, right, well, what, what's this guy made of? Like, what is it, What is he good? Does he have his own ideas? You know, obviously, he'll be doing most of the stuff, I'd assume, with Andy Farrell's, like, you know, kind of, I'm sure they'll be speaking over the course. It's not there's like going to be some changes around here. Yeah, but no, yeah. <laughs> no, but there'd, there'd have to be, a, you'd have to put your own stamp on it to a certain extent, but, too. But, but I, I, I do think that's a good the, thing. The national right? team isn't there to progress the career of Paul O'Connell and someone needs to be exclusively, like, the job between 
between now and the 27 World Cup is to win the 2027 World Cup. I don't see how the Irish team's interest. But given one of the coaches and more exposure, will I think is that is that that can't but, but be the head helpful. Coach ultimately, like so, the World Cup draws being made in January 2026. Annie Farrell will have been gone for we think the Autumn Series in 24, the Six Nations in 25, and the Summer Series in 25. So three of the six windows he'll be gone for. You know, you want to get a top seeding. We saw how bad that was at the last World Cup. We ended up with a very difficult draw. I just see it's obviously good for Andy Farrell to be Lions coach. I can see why he'd want to do it. I can see why, as Ruth said, the RFU wouldn't want to be like, you're not doing it to, to, you know, you don't want to kind of piss off your prized employee. But from just the Irish national team's perspective, I don't see how him going to be the Lions coach and taking a season off is good for Ireland looking at the next World Cup. I can see, oh, you know, we might get a few more players in the squad. It's good for developing him as a head coach, but just for developing the team. I think you want the, the head coach. Yeah, we've, we've talked about a myriad of selection issues, you know, new <coughs> captain coming in. And then the head coach is disappearing for a year, even though it's a good thing for him. I just don't see how it benefits the team, like going forward. Unless either of you, I, I, sorry, I'm not arguing with you yeah. on that point. I'm arguing with you about the. I, I do think there's some merit in definitely the, the coaching staff and giving them more exposure. I think that's definitely a good thing. I, I, I well, that's like one maybe there silver is, lining. Of that it, is but, the only. Oh, that well, is a silver lining. But the other one, like you'd have to say, having your coach trend like definitely does help. 100. percent The question I think is: Is Irish rugby committed to the Lions as an idea? And if it is, then if the Lions come calling for your head coach, you gotta, then you've yeah. got to do it. Yeah. And the players, I, like I think the 2021 Lions tour was damaging to the Lions brand, but the Lions remains a key part of rugby in this hemisphere. Um, it's and, very and the hemisphere below. And the hemisphere below, absolutely. But, you know, the one we can make the decision on, yeah. you know, does the Lions serve Ireland's interest in terms of winning World Cups? You could argue no. Breaks the players. You know, it's a big, big yes. load in the middle of a cycle. A lot of players don't come back the same. They always um, get injured after year. Yes. Yeah. You know, can you be as singularly focused on one tournament? Like, the rugby has to exist outside of those four-year windows. Like, the Six Nations has to matter. The Lions yeah. has to matter. Well, these new nation the series. Six Nations. That's my point. No, but he's doing the Lions, which is which is hugely important to the careers of a lot of the players who will be playing for him. Yeah. And it's part of Irish rugby's... Like it it's part of rugby. It's, it's part, part of rugby. It's, it's part, part of the RFU. Yeah. So the RFU are a contributing factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I think... I'm just talking about the Irish team specifically. No, 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 no but I get what you're saying. Yeah. You can make the point, and I have seen it made, and I don't necessarily disagree with it, that the Lions is bad for Irish rugby. That going off and sending your, you know, your best... I mean, if if you were picking a Lions series, a Lions squad now, would you have 20 Irish players in that squad? Would you have 15? 15 your entire yeah. team would be going off mid-World Cup cycle. And playing three now, Australia. This this one maybe is is a yeah, bit of a gimme. But like, them, yeah. um, you know, if you're going to South Africa for three yeah. incredible tests and Loftus and these places and all the warm ups and all that sort of stuff, and they come back and some of them grow from it and some of them never are never the same again. Is that good for Ireland at the next World Cup? Possibly not. But does are does rugby is that the singular thing? Like you could argue yes, but then the RFU would say, well, hang on, we have to kind of thrive as a rugby yeah, nation for for four years. For Andy Farrell's point of view, right, you made the argument against it. The argument for is probably the World Cup's in Australia. So he gets to lead a team to Australia for five weeks, experience all the different venues, get a, up close and personal with the Aussies. Obviously, and the other teams. And the other teams. Like he the gets other, to know all the players the from the players, Six Nations Welsh, teams. Scottish, yeah, yeah. He gets to advance the cause of, you know, he's a very significant voice in the room. You know, there was controversy last time. Ringrose didn't make it. Ryan didn't make it. Yeah. Although there was some talk afterwards that Ryan opted out. Um you know, he gets to be the driving force. So a lot of our, if you if you think it's a positive that players are lions, he gets to advance the cause of all those players. So there'll be a significant Irish voice there. They get to know those players. It brings up their levels. That's the argument in favour. And, and then he leads the Lions to a series win in Australia. 
glory, glory, and comes back and everyone's buzzing and he's enhanced his career. The Irish players have enhanced theirs. And in, in the, the background, yeah. like Luke said, you know, Paul O'Connor or Simon Eastby has led Ireland for a year, gained great experience. Drop off because drop off under when Gatlin was away wasn't they, they never won it I don't think they won it, they won the Six Nations so, one year so that's it, that, I mean I, I mean they smashed England in the last game yeah so I mean there's there's a chance that um, you win it anyway you know without him and, and then when Andy Farrell <coughs> if we expect him to leave in 2027 you have a couple of coaches there who now have a year's worth of international experience who you can. Hopefully another viable candidate there somewhere. Who, I, who, who you don't have to go outside yourself. Similar to what you've done with Farrell. You might say, well, look, that, that continuity has been great for... for Ron O'Gara is the person who... Yeah, <laughs> like, you know. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. like, I mean, that's the, I mean, he could bring on... He could, he could call it... Like, O'Gara has said he's open to going as, as kind an of assistant, a, as yeah. an assistant. So, look, I completely understand your argument and I, I flip between the two. Yeah, really, I'm not even you saying know. that he shouldn't do it. I'm just asking the question. Is, of, it, like, good is, it, better, is it good for the team? Like, no, because I think we're making the argument that it's good in some areas it might be bad in yeah, others exactly. like, yeah. I think, think your point is completely well taken because Like you, you're, you're taking out all the ideas all the continuity all the stuff that you built up over your four years is now kind of changing yeah. now I, I can't help but think that over six nations that Gatland or that Farrell is, is 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 not going okay what's, what are you thinking here what's happening here this is what I'm thinking this is what we're all. like yeah. I can't yeah. help but think there is some involved there even regardless of whether because like he's going to be watching all of these players Anyway, because he yeah. has to. So I just can't see how he's not going to be involved in the Irish team saying, okay, but you need to be on this, this, this. Now, maybe there's some argument to say that that's unfair, but I, I would say if he's, coming, if he's coming back to the job, he's definitely doing that yeah. well. So I don't, think he, I don't think he'll be as far removed as If you think, think of the timeline for the last World Cup, the really the preparations began in earnest in 2021. He kind of pivoted towards the World Cup after that. I know COVID hit, affected everything. But well, we also started playing well in 2021. But I think so, the pivot, yeah. but even the the, the 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 talk, you know, in the, sorry, I'm talking about November 2021 yeah. when the All Blacks came to town. They, remember, they hammered Japan, beat the All Blacks, and should have beaten them much better. Like they played unbelievable rugby. That's when Ireland started to really, really. Oh, I know, yeah. I know, it turned in the England Six Nations game, but that's when thoughts started to turn to World Cup. And, and I don't think you need a four year running. I think that the running can start post Lions, but the Lions, I think, will mean that he is doing it off a of more of a standing start. Because he hasn't been in there for every day for the last for last year, so although international rugby, in saying that, is far more fit start anyway. Like, isn't it? Because I think, you know, you have you have these kind of three month windows where you're 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 literally just kind of assessing players. You know, like when you're kind of going, okay, well, who's doing that? You know, you might be having a few conversations with senior players who are guaranteed in your squad. But generally speaking, you're going, well, who's playing well? Like, you're going to the matches, you're getting a feel, you're probably doing, like, I, I would say... Why does the Lions coach even have to recuse themselves from the, the two Well, they windows? don't, and that's, that's right. we're, we're taking it as given that, he, right. that, he, that he will because of, um, because Gatlin did it. But David Nussifora did say, as he, uh, when he gave the green light for this, uh, his pre-Christmas briefing, I think he said the RFU would be ecstatic if Andy Farrell got the gig, which I think is, was stretching things a little bit. But he, he did say that there's, that's to be worked out. That, that, and, and then maybe, uh, you know, the Gallon, I think, you. Whatever, you like, whatever about the Six Nations, because, yeah. like, I think, you know, the coach can then drop into other camps. Why he would need to not be coaching the Autumn Series, like... It's not to say that he couldn't coach the Six Nations and then go and coach the Lions. Yeah. It would be controversial, probably, but, like, you know, he knows he the English be. players anyway. I don't think he will. Really. I don't think he will, but, like, yeah. that's... that's We're probably making a, making a leap. And would that make you more comfortable with it if he <laughs> does it matter against Nations? Australia? Yeah, yeah, anyway, like, but, uh, yeah. With Joe Schmidt's Australia? Oh, yeah, oh, that yeah, yeah, That would be... That would be absolutely Make it more interesting. That would be That would be an unbelievable bit of business by the... Like, that would be actually a sensible decision by the Aussie Union. Like, that's... If they got him, they should go all out for him. Honestly, yeah. Well, this four has gone back in. So, the 
Kodai, I, his name's escaped me, but the, their new performance director is is someone who Joe has worked with at World Rugby. And then Nusifor has gone in when he leaves Ireland as an advisor. So there's two people running Australian rugby who are very close to Joe. So there's a lot of speculation. Although Joe, sorry, um, Brendan Fanning reported a couple of weeks ago that there's distance, that, you know, that, that, that there's a lot of distance to go, but he doesn't have anything necessarily yeah, lined to do up. He's too good of a coach, I feel like, to like, not be still coaching it. You saw him at the World Cup, his fingerprints were all over that. Yeah. I was like, I was disappointed when he went into that World Rugby and kind of a rise role. I would love to see him be back coaching like... That was just to keep him from twiddling his thumbs, I'd say, the World yeah. Rugby role. Yeah, yeah but like, like, I'd just love to see and him with his hands on the team again as a head coach. Should, uh, he, Australia would fit very, very nicely for him, I think, because they have a really good healthcare system, which obviously his son has obviously some, some issues there. So on the family front, it, it would seem like it would fit. There's a nice lifestyle there in Australia. It's near New Zealand, obviously. You can make, it's, a, it's an easy trip across. You also have to think about like, you can make a massive difference there, a yeah. huge difference, because like, they are coming from such a low ebb. They are really in bad, like they're in dire straits from like being always world leaders in 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 thinking. In even though they were always competing with cricket, uh, rugby league, and Aussie rules, they always were f- at the forefront of like the 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 game in terms of you know particularly backs play, creativity, all that kind of so all the yellow brothers, all these these brilliant players, Campisi's liners. They have really fallen off, and it's sad to see. And it's actually not good for rugby. Like they were always a brilliant. Pl- it was a brilliant place to tour, and they were always brilliant in the big competitions. It's sad to see the fall off. They, Someone like him can make a huge. They need a big. They, they need to make they, a big they, move. They do, but they I do. wonder will they will they appoint Larkham as the head coach and put Joe as an advisor in the kind of All Blacks way? So we go, might, Larkham we doesn't seem like a guy who would. Larkham seems like he's a, his own man. I don't know if he possibly, but I think anyone would. Like, anyone of his profile would be mad not to take Joe on board as kind of. But Joe is Joe would stifle Joe is Joe is his own man too, you know. Yeah, but you see how you see how that ended up with New Zealand. You see, he ends up like so. That ended up that started off as oh, in I'm an, an advisory role, and then, and then all of a sudden he's oh, in the coach's box, and more, you're like, and, doing all the and it's Joe's footprints out, yeah. on it or Joe's fingers. Oh, fingers absolutely, yeah. but I think that that would suit him in terms of not having to f- come out and face the media all the time or be front and center. But and also, the Aussie that. media, he loves that. He doesn't. He, he, well, he did with the All Blacks. He didn't do one press conference like the World uh, Cup. He did. He but that's probably because maybe he didn't want to be seen, considering the coaching he was doing to be like too involved. I don't know. Yeah, but I wonder will that be? That would further undermine Foster. That would have further further undermined Probably, Foster. I yeah, think that yeah. was not that would not have been helpful. And actually, well, I, you know, when you think about what he was in there to do, he was brought in there to get the results. To yeah. sort because of, it's such an important thing for them that they were like, right, this this is happening. Let's figure out a way to make this work. And like in fairness to to right. that, most you could see the kind of animosity throughout the process. You know, there was guys not high fiving him at different points. You know, different things like that during during uh, rugby championship and stuff. So like he was definitely brought in to try and fix that and get a result a result in the World Cup. Having him out in front of the media, he loved that. As much as it wrecked his head, he likes to be in control of those things and controlling the message. He was trying to control every single part of it. He, to my mind, would be perfect for that job. He is, and he, and he should do the top job. He's got the experience. He loves rugby so much. Like, they have a grassroots issue there. He loves that. He goes down and watches the under eights on on a Sunday morning. Like he he loves rugby. Like he really really loves rugby, um, and I think everything that that fits nicely. It's like how I felt about Farrell coming to the Irish job. It fits him here. The lifestyle fits him here. Yeah. He's the, you know he gets to he gets to control the setup here. It's uh, that's why I, I knew he was going to stay for the next. So Joe Schmidt goes gets the Australia job. Brings Kieran Frawley over to Australia, who can then qualify for Australia by the time the World Cup comes around because it'll be over three years from his last cap. 
Don't get me started on Frodo. How much longer is Willie Beeman at the end of any given Sunday and goes for a new team? That's the kind of vibes I'm going for here. But no, it'd be fascinating if it came to pass. You know, speaking of Joe Schmidt and you know made the joke about Kieran Frodo there. Joey Carberry obviously announced he's officially leaving Munster back in the day. It was kind of that famous photo of Joe and, and Joey in like I think a coffee shop in Middletown, maybe. Middletown, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, that that went viral. It's sad to see. Obviously, like it's been fo- unfolding over years. Like you, you, I know I read your you emailed in a piece earlier, a good read, kind of surmising what's gone wrong since basically that injury before the World Cup in 2019. Because his first season in Munster, you know that Gloucester game you referred to in that piece, like he was pulling the strings. He looked very good, but the injuries added up. He and as you said, when he did get back fit, he wasn't the same player. No. I thought he was going to be like an Irish. What you know, you see Marcus Smith now and what he does in the Premiership. Whether they can translate the international level is another point, but that's the player I thought he was going to be, and it just hasn't materialised. No, and like you know, Joey Harbury has achieved an awful lot in his career. He's got thirty-seven caps for Ireland. He's beaten the All Blacks five times uh, off the bench. Um, you know, he's he he's got a Highland Cup medal. He came off the bench in twenty in twenty eighteen. Finally, won a Pro fourteen that year as well. And he's 28 and he's going to be moving to a pretty good club. Like, you know, Bordeaux were leading the chase. You know, I speculated in the piece that, you know, if Farrell moves, could Saracens come and look at him, you know, because he's, you know, he's an experienced international 10 and he just needs a fresh start. But it is sad. It's not not the end for him. It could be the beginning. He could go go to two years abroad. It's never really happened with anyone, but he could go do two years abroad. Well, Sexton Sexton came back to him. But he played the whole way through, didn't he? Like, you know, I'm thinking of Ian Madigan or... He um, came back after a tough period there. They they overplayed him and it was, I think he was delighted. He was delighted to come back to wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, But I think there's no one who's ever gone at at 28 and kind of worked their way back in, but that's not to say it couldn't happen. And if he if he went to Bordeaux, and I've read that he could be replacing Jalabert when I I thought it was, I don't know Jalabert on the move. I I I hadn't missed. There's always been a movement in that league, in fairness. Yeah, in there. yeah. But yeah, if he's yeah. a marquee ten for like the a Bordeaux team, being coached by Noel McNamara, who was his twenties coach, mm. um, with you know unbelievable talent all around them, pretty much you know half the French backline in, in the team, a really good pack who we all saw in Connacht a couple of weeks ago. There's a chance there with Luku making decisions for him because I don't think he's he's not a Sexton style ten, but if you take the responsibility away from him, I think he'd do well at Ulster actually because he'd have Cooney no. doing a lot of the decision making for him. Um, no chance. Well, I'm not saying you should go there, but I just think having yeah. a, a kind of a petty general. They need general, a structured guy in there. I think they do. But like, if you sorry, if he's I'm, in a I'm French club, I get the point. But I think if it was a French club, he could really thrive because yeah. he w- he would have some of the weight. I think in Ireland, especially during Sexton era, any ten that came in was expected to be like Sexton, and Joey Carberry's not like Sexton. So I think mentally that was a challenge for him, and then his body just couldn't stand I think up. His body's the, the, the biggest thing. It's like, okay, you know, how is that going to go in France? Then, like, it's not as if he's going. But, like, but France is a, is a very physical league. They play a huge number of games. The yeah. season goes from early August to I think the final was the end of June last year. Like, is it? But some people seem. To, you, you, do you know what? As well, will though, there's there's a part of this where you wonder about like strength and conditioning. You know, and they don't obviously do as much of it over in the French league. The games do take a toll. But the like of a Johnny Wilkins is probably a good example where he went over to, to Toulon and, you know, injury ravaged for about four or five years post 2003, like just had a nightmare. But then completely galvanized over there by, you know, played loads of games and probably didn't focus as much, had a better lifestyle, more relaxed. Even though you're playing more games, you mightn't be as hard on the strength and conditioning. And sometimes we, I think over here, because of our system, I think we might overestimate how important it is to play less games. Sometimes hardening the body to play more games could be a good thing for them. Not sure I agree with that. And maybe the strength and conditioners who've done all the research will say that's just not true. But 
I don't know. I think there's there's something to be said for playing a lot of rugby. I think it does harden the body, you know. And I think it's been a stressful couple of years for him. Yeah, um, mentally, you know, he, saw, he sold his house in Limerick and, and and was commuting from Kildare for the last couple of years. The Ireland thing, you know, it's it's not that long ago since he was starting in that game we mentioned earlier in the Stade de France and played pretty well. You know, he played. He came off the bench in all three tests against the All Blacks. He started against Fiji, got injured in that game, but also played badly. Next week, Crowley starts. Ross Byrne comes on, kicks the winner, and he's not in the Six Nations squad. Yeah. I mean, that must have been an unbelievable gut punch. Yeah. And then he ends up watching the URC final from the stands. You know, Ben yeah. Healy, who's leaving the place, is picked ahead of him, and Crowley is picked to start. And that's you know, for Joey Carberry, who you know, anointed by Graeme Henry at the age of twenty-one. You know, beat the All Blacks on his debut. You know, was talking on the record about being the best player in the world, about usurping Johnny Sexton, who was hounded around Holman Park in the Christmas of 2018 by Johnny Sexton, who obviously saw him as a legitimate threat because he, well, he wouldn't have behaved the way he did that night if he didn't. I think the and, talk would annoy Sexton more than possibly, anything, but yeah. like there was something real there for him to be. That fall from grace was so brutal. That That's a new brilliant. start, somewhere like Bordeaux. Now, that's not going to be easy. And Ian Madigan could tell you how tough things can get. I think it's a much better club now than it was when he went there. Well, there was a but coaching change midway through Ian's yeah. first season, which I was, completely changed But there were the a picture. bit of a basket case back then as well, whereas yeah, now yeah. they're really well run. They've got great players. It's a lovely place to live. Yeah. He's, you know, I think his wife is expecting. that. You know, It's a chance to just have a new life somewhere else. And I like, he obviously has to learn a language. There's a lot of things he has the, to the, do. The language but thing that is can, really tricky, Rudd. Honestly, yeah. the language thing, I remember Sexton saying that was really, really difficult. Um, mm. You know, trying to... Trying to direct the team Especially around. as a 10, yeah. Like, as a 10, it's yeah. like, you know, listening to the calls and actually making them is, yeah. is very, very different. I think that's where the, the attack coach being Irish will help as well. Um, Maybe. You know, look, he, he might not necessarily go to Bordeaux and it's quite a French club. I don't, you know, it's, I was watching Toulon in, prepar uh, in preparation for the Munster game this weekend and like the Jack Singleton, just like loads of English players. So <laughs> maybe he should be better off going to Toulon. But um, it's... I just think that there's a, a chance there for him to have a new lease of life, yeah, to get yeah. some rugby under his belt, to start enjoying the game again. But I, I'm not sure he's the same player as he was no. based on that injury. But I, I think the ankle that the, one, the ankle one, staying a monster yeah. would have it would have been on less money because he's no longer the starting yeah. out half. He would have been one of the biggest earners on their books. He's not playing for Ireland anyway. He's definitely right to go. It's an absolute no-brainer. I lo I love that he's moved. I think it's it's a really good move for him. I think um, his probably his race is run. He would he would, would have been relying, I think, on Crowley getting a fairly serious injury or having an absolute like collapse in terms of his form, which Crowley doesn't look to me like he's going to do. He no. looks like he's made for it. To be honest with you, um, so I think it's a good move for him. I think it's a chance for him to, as you say, reset and get paid well, live in a nice climate, play tough rugby. But I think it could be really good for him. And I think. Joey to me, like I, I'm, you know, you know my views on that positional change and Graham Henry after you know seeing him for three weeks, basically changing the whole course of his career. Um, you know, I I would have always thought he was definitely a fullback, but look, that race has definitely run. Uh, he's he's a ten now, and I think his body won't allow him to be any other position either. In, in outside uh, outside of ten, uh, he's still a really good rugby player. I think he definitely needs some time. He needs time in the pocket, which he never really has had. He's never had. 20, 20 or twenty five games where he's he's just you know knocked like he's been he's been there he's really been he's played that, every that first monster season was probably the closest he got closest he got yeah. he still had a few niggles there as well he yeah. did he I mean I don't they think they weren't a good monster team either though guys you and know? I don't think Van Graham was the right coach for him at that stage of his yeah. career and the game plan which look is working for Bath at the moment and Finn Russell's thriving in that for a young out half to go down there and be asked to play the way that he did probably. You know, I, I would wonder now, if you got Joey Carberry, you know, in, in five, six years' time, how would you reflect on the decision to move to Munster? 
Um, I think I don't think it's worked out for him. I, and I think staying at Leinster would have been better for his career. I mean, he was in tears talking to us today. He signed for Munster. It was it was it was quite troubling actually. And and Joe Schmidt insisted that he had nothing to do with the decision. But you know, he was starting against Australia two weeks later as kind of almost a reward for him. You know, but that was such a pivotal moment. Lancaster really saw him as a fullback. There was a Bowden Barrett. Slash Damien McKenzie. Damien McKenzie's the player I you think know, of. Damien McKenzie's a way better athlete. Damien McKenzie's rapid. Like, but Joey was. But Joey no, he's was, not rapid. Maybe he's not rapid, but he was a watch, lovely fullback. He was a lovely, clips, nice player. Watch clips of Joey Carberry's debut for Leicester. I'm playing with the guy. I'm telling you, he's not the, he was Peloton, never fast enough. 2016 17 season, he scores. You, you watch the try, he scores. No, he's never he fast faster than McKenzie. No, but like it was a comparison. Was, We're not saying they're identical twins. Like, But at that 15 10, kind of getting into matchday squads, being Johnny's backup. Playing for Leinster, you know, at the elite yeah. end, an environment that wasn't under as much stress and, and pressure as Munster. Yeah. I just wonder, would he have got injured in the same way? Would he have? He's not a big guy anyway, you know, so he's always going to struggle. If you meet him, he's, he's not yeah, a small not. guy either. Like he's got ah, a big, for, he's a much bigger rugby, 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 rugby player. Yeah, 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 for like ten, not, he's not a he's yeah. not a small guy for ah, ten. He is. He, he's not. He doesn't look muscle, but he he looks to me like he's light, you know, in in the just in the body, you know. You can yeah. feel you feel it around different guys, you know. So look. <laughs> I'm, I'm going off point. I, I think it's a good move for him. I completely Absolutely. agree with Jan. I yeah. think he could have a big impact at that club too. So hopefully it works out for him because he's actually one of the good guys too. You know, you'd, you hate to see it. Like, you hate to see the, the tribulations he's gone through and he Absolutely. really has gone through. And I don't think that, I, I, I really don't think that was understated how difficult that period but, must have been. That was a real fall from grace. Like a double, a double good punch, I'd nearly say, to, to be completely lifted from the squad, you know. The day he played against Italy in the World Cup warm-ups in 2019, he was outstanding and he was running at like a really sharp attack and he did his ankle. Yeah. And then they rushed him to the World Cup. And he's, I've spoken to him about this and he has taken full responsibility. He, he said, the coaches didn't make me go. I wanted to go. I said I was fit. But by going there, he lost Silly 18 mistake. months of his career and never, never really got it back. Now, he will say, I got to play the World Cup. And that's the way he looks at it. But I think he would have had a much better career had he just said, look, I'm not going to make this. Let Jack Harty and Ross Byrne be the backups. I'm going to take my time to get back right. And he would have had a much... He like wasn't that, even that, going that to start, Rhodes. He wasn't no, going to start. No, I know, but he, he got rushed back. He, he had that... Like, the, moment, the, the, the moment I remember from that World Cup from him was kicking the ball off the pitch against Japan. Um, which was, you know, which wasn't on him, but like it's just the one thing oh, I remember sorry. from him. Yeah, you know, yeah, to, yeah, to keep yeah, to, yeah. to save a losing bonus point, he wasn't the player. Like he wasn't Joey Carberry at that World Cup, and he's never really been the player that he was before that. No. Ever since, and that it's, was a very serious injury. It's now, yeah, risking yeah. being quite a sad story, but there's a chance for a really strong. You know, at 28, like Johnny Sexton, he's got 10 years left if you go off Johnny Sexton. Not with his injury profile, obviously, but like he has a chance to have a very strong second half yeah. to his career if things go right for him, if he picks the right club, if it goes well for him, if he plays well, if he stays fit. All big ifs, but I think it's the right call. I said, if it ends up being Bordeaux, there's a good squad there, like great back line. He said, Maxime Lucci, the kind of replacement score for France, you know, kind of drives a lot of their attack, you know, as the French clubs ought to do with a nine. So yeah, it could be, it could be a great move for him. So as we said, hopefully he keeps <laughs> fit. Um, just to wrap up on, you know, Champions Cup, I you know it feels like we're squeezing the Champions yeah. Cup in. It's a great weekend to look forward to. You know, we have four Irish matches in a row. It's going to be unbelievable. All against French opposition yeah, as Leon well. Connacht followed by Toulon Munster, followed by Leinsterstad, followed by Ulster Toulouse, Ulster Toulouse, sorry. So it's going to be definitely a day for the couch, but you'll be over in Toulon. Like, I will, yeah. What, what's kind of the big talking point heading into the weekend for you, Champions Cup boys? Well, I think Ulster Toulouse is probably the shiniest of the four matches, but I think Munster in Toulon is has a real well, like it's a it's a it's a knockout game for both teams because well, 
if Munster can probably squeeze can through, through with a bonus, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, it makes life tough. Toulon, Toulon are behind them on the table. They haven't won a game either, but they've come very close in both of them. They've been quite unlucky. It's a really, it's a much tougher pool than I probably accounted for when we were in here. Because Northampton are the usual cannon fodder of Champions Cup weekends. And they've like, been great. Yeah, you know, they've, they've been, been really been good. good like they just came back from 26-0 down to beat, beat Exeter at the weekend. And they, yep. um, I hope I'm not confusing that, but the, the um, that's the game... Well, obviously I'm going to it, but it's the one where there's not most riding on it because I think Ulster can still lose to lose and beat Harlequins next week. But that's it. Like, I want to see how Ulster can back up that Leinster win. I thought there was a real sense of purpose about, about them on New Year's Day, which I haven't always seen from Ulster. Like, Timoney's going great guns. Hume is back fit this week. I think Hume is playing. The way he was slinging the ball around with such confidence against Rassing, that's the James Hume that came onto the scene a couple of years ago. If they can back it up and beat, beat Toulouse at the Big weekend. Big step between Rassing and Toulouse, though. Toulouse. Well, uh, yeah, well, Leinster's a nice bridging one in the middle, yeah. and their confidence will be up. Three, three wins in a row. Yeah. Ravenhill... Eight o'clock Saturday night. There's a lot. There's a lot going for them. And Toulouse, while they're much better travellers than a lot of the other teams, and they're trying to target top spot like Leinster are, they don't have to win necessarily. And you know they've had a busy period as well. You know Ulster didn't play last weekend. Big factor for yeah, all the Irish teams. Their full team. Yeah, big factor. I think you yeah. know. Um, and then Munster. You know, Omani looks like he'll be back. Carberry actually could play as well. He's back on the uh, on the training pitch this week. And Niall Scannell. If they can get him back on the pitch, that changes everything. Yeah, like he's geez. going eighty, you know. That, yeah, that's their lineup yeah, back, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so look, their injury list is horrific, monster. It's a real backs to the wall effort. They just need to get out of that pool. Yeah. Um, and and through this to period. honor tough to honor. That's a really tough game. Yeah. And and the Mayall is great. Did you play at the Mayall? Yeah, yeah. It's like the, the class, class place yeah. to play and and class place to go and watch a game. Heavy pitch, actually, weirdly. Yeah, yeah, kind of like clay. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so the, the fans, the people, people before the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, really I, I have been there since they regenerated, but like Bigger's back, so like that's a big thing for them. Olivon's out. Um, I think Leinster will hammer Stad, and I can't see Connor. Oh, Stad definitely sending over a, a, a second team at best, probably. Yeah, and Leon are not going great, but. In the in the top fourteen, but at home that's a tough one for Connor. Leinster could do it a big. Leinster could do it a big performance. Jesus, they could do it yeah, a big performance. Yeah, they haven't played. They're very, they're very sloppy. sloppy. What do you think, Jack Neenamber in his press conference yesterday saying it'll take fourteen weeks for this to bet in? He had a, a specific time frame. It took fourteen weeks at Munster. It took fourteen games at South Africa. So ergo, fourteen weeks. 40, what club. did he win at Munster? No, just to bet in the. Oh yeah, well, I that's not. Yeah. Well, they got the two semi-finals from a position where they hadn't qualified from the pools. Like they, they, they that ah, yeah. season was, and they looked that, and that season with Anthony the Anthony Foley, Foley death. That I think you can deem Razzy Rasmus and Jack Nina were one season at Munster quite successful, and I'd like to have seen what they would have done with like with a group of players that wasn't as strong as the one they have now. And um, the fourteen week things apparently he's, that's what he said to the players when he first came in. That came out via Bernard Jackman. Um, like, last when week. does that bring us up doing the gallery? I say it's one knockouts. week after the final. I think the it's the knock. No, I think it's the start of the knockouts, and it's a quite. Yeah. A, it's quite. A, I think it's a quite a clever message yeah. to give the players that you're gonna. There's gonna things are gonna go wrong. You're gonna make mistakes, but it's gonna be all right when we get to this this magic period. But one of the things, I mean, not to keep dragging it back to Ireland, but like if he's rewiring the players, which is what he said he's doing. Well, are they, do they have to be rewired again when they go to Portugal next week for or the week after the the, the last European game to be, or are Ireland going to try and adopt some of the system? Like that's a, if they're playing, if it's if it's so fundamentally different to what they've been doing, how difficult is going to be to flip back to the Ireland system? Consider most of them are playing, going to be playing for Ireland in a couple of weeks' time. That's an, that's another factor. Yeah, but point. but Luke's right. Like they, they they want to be putting 50, 60 points on the line if, if they're sending over a, a poor team. They want to give the Aviva show. Uh, yeah. Because Leo Cullen was really annoyed after the Sale game. Because their their points difference isn't as strong as it should be because they let those two tries in at the end. Sloppy all the um, game, and their attack hasn't been good. So 
Um, you know, but their attack still isn't their issue. Their defense is still their issue, like which is kind of concern. Missing chances as well. Though, missing no, a lot of twenty-two chances. Yeah, but the, the, our, it's like, taking them like three good chances to score. Like they're still, they're still scoring in the in the kind of around the thirties or around, you know they're still scoring enough to win games. Like you need to be you need to be stingy. Like you, like this guy's brought in to fix yeah. that issue, in my opinion. Oh yeah, definitely. and. As far as I can see, it's, got, it's gotten the man worse. Fourteen weeks. We've got another what eleven weeks, ten weeks to go. Like it's, it's pretty rough watching at the moment. Like I, I thought Sale cut them up a few times, and they were very unlucky not to get a try at the start of the game, which would have made things even worse. Like so, it was. I don't know. Yeah, like I, I'm a little bit like yeah. Look, it's. I, I, I do think he's right. Weeks, I, I think though, he's yeah. right. No, he he is right that it's it's going to take time. What about Rudd's <clears> point about like you know re, he went he the quote was like we're, I'm rewiring the Leinster players. What about his point about like. Them going back at Darling Camp because obviously the French game is only what three three weeks away, four weeks away, or something like that. Yeah. Is there like, will that be a big kind of adjustment then for the Leinster players who are learning this South African style new defensive system to go, switch back in? They only have two weeks in camp or less than two weeks. I don't think it'll be that much of an issue for them. I think it might actually be beneficial. I think having a new way of thinking is is a, is a good thing. And you've got a week before the international start where you can kind of just get back into the routine of things in the Irish squad. I, I don't see that being an issue. I don't see there's anyone there that w- doesn't have the mental capacity to switch between the two. And and it'll be... The French one might be... Tr- might, you might have some issues, but everyone will have issues at that stage. And I think everyone's doing that. Like the big The big rewiring, in my opinion, is going to be around the defensive side of things and I think coming off the line like that is probably something that Ireland are probably trying to implement anyway so I don't see it as being that much of an issue it, it does seem a little bit looser a little and, bit more aggressive but and if the system is as lined as it, we, we think it is you would imagine Andy Farrell would have already had a coffee with him and I would say Simon needs to be as well to try and or even attended a couple of training sessions just, to get a look yeah, at what's going on yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure Neen Arbor would like to know more about the Irish system as well so I'm sure he'd be open to the idea of exchanging ideas with the Irish coaches if well, if the, the long game spies oh, <laughs> is that not a requirement of, 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 oh, no, of a provincial absolutely. coach? And that you're working with the one who's working team. with you know, yeah. you know, ten of the starting fifteen. But you and really it, think it's a conspiracy play, don't you? About he'll lot, be going well, back now in twenty-seven. But well, he's under contract for what, two, two or three yeah. years. So I mean, there's, there is an op- mm. like, You know, he has. He's never ruled out going back to the Springboks. And look, Ireland will benefit from him being here, I think, and learning about what he does. But if he takes the ideas back, there is certainly. I've talked to senior figures within the South African game who believe that him and Felix Jones will be back in the South African coaches box by 2027 so um, look it's it's all about ideas and it's all about kind of gathering information on each other so a lot um, can happen a lot can happen between now and then but um, I do think some players have benefited from him I think Ryan Baird is looking really really good right now and I think that's he, he, yeah. he's really bought into what Neen Arbor's bringing he's getting off the line really quickly he could have a big Six Nations so it's and like Leinster I think it's been a bit muddled and I think that's partly because they had so many at the World Cup the players are dealing with that disappointment yeah. the they didn't have a pre-season and yeah, the attack coach yeah, the attack yeah, coach yeah, was yeah. off at Samoa for Sorry, the World Cup right. as well yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's a lot happening in Leinster and also they don't have Johnny Sexton or Ross Byrne so they're dealing with and they're chopping and changing that number 10 shirt all yeah, the time yeah, yeah. so the other another issue we haven't really talked about is who are going to be the teams <laughs> in the Six Nations you know is Harry Byrne automatically going to get in there? Does does Frawley get in on the basis of what he's done to be the backup to Jack Crowdy? Like, there's so much uncertainty. I would think so, yeah, because Ross Byrne's not going to make it as far as I'm, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. But like, there's a lot going on at Leinster that they're trying to bet in. And I think the 14-week th- thing makes sense, even if you think that he'll have a big block during the Six Nations to work with the fringe players. The, the other guys will go play Six Nations and then they go attack the end of the season well, from a position where they're still top top of the pro yeah. for, or the URC and they're still top of their pool so it's not going too bad yeah what, what do you think about the Frawley situation before we go because uh, any any thoughts on, on like should he be doing what 
Joey's doing like what 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 do you think what's what's the future for him what what should it look like I, I I'm looking at this going what's happened like so he he had one fairly muddled game against Sale but it's the only one he's actually really started like what, I don't what? think any of them are getting a chance like I, like Harry yeah. Burns coming off the, you know Harry Burns got has he's getting the chances they they seem to pick him well, he's even the, they pick Sam Prendergast against Ulster to give Sam Prendergast an opportunity at a time where I think Harry Burns like I really like Sam Prendergast and I love seeing him get an opportunity but I also think. Harry Byrne needs to be getting minutes. Like he needs to be going 80, 80, 80, like Jack Crowley well. is. He's Harry playing quite well, well, but then the kick at the end was a bit yeah, of a disaster yeah. for him. So um on Frawley, like there's no murmurs about Frawley yet. I don't know what Lancer don't publish their contract end date, so I'm not entirely sure when he's up. I think he'll be in the Six Nations squad, and I think he will. I think the Australia plan might be scuppered by the fact he's probably a very obvious bench replacement. That versatility gets him into the 22 shirt behind Jack Crowley. So I think he will be capped. But what he does long term, like if he wants to play 10, he's got to get out of there. Um, yeah. Munster looking, you know, Munster will turn up any 10s now. Well, they'd say Jack Crowley. Oh, Crowley's there, they're, surely. They're Crowley and they have um, Tom, uh, Tony Butler, but like Butler's still very young. He looks young, yeah. They've lost Ben Healy, Joey Carberry, uh, JJ Hanron from, you know, the experienced 10s yeah. that they have behind Crowley. So there is opportunity going to be there. They may go get Jake, Jake Flannery from Ulster, which opens up the door for an Ulster. Ulster makes sense because he'd go up there and probably start. Yeah. Um, yeah. albeit Billy Burns was brilliant last weekend yeah he was um, good wasn't he yeah. I was happy so for him, yeah. like there, there is definitely scope for him to go somewhere else and play but it, there's no inclination that he wants to yeah I find that insane would you yeah. sit there in that but position he's not alone like um, Max well, Deegan is like Max Deegan's sitting there scratching himself while Leinster are playing big games like he's good enough to play he's a brilliant player really any other team in Europe after initially agreeing with you now I'm my, my kind of thinking is like one the, game the Leinster coaches are watching him every week and they think Harry Byrne is better so I'm I'm now like not open arms that he's not playing at half if he was good enough to be playing at half I'm sure they'd be picking him like if they thought he was the best at half they'd pick him like yeah, but if you're never well, if you're never putting him in that position, like so. But they're watching him in training, so they probably think, oh, well, we we don't think he's as good as an out half. They're switching him around, so there's no there's no reason to think that they wouldn't be. And remember where their resources are. Their resources are at ten. They've got three yeah. good tens. Like so, they like for them, they're trying to pick. They're trying to use their resource to the best of their ability. Like but none of them are experienced. Like I I don't really understand the selection strategy at ten at Leinster at the moment because like I. Ross, like you, because Sexton's been there for ages, and Ross Byrne has been the backup to Sexton, who's got loads of minutes while Sexton's injured. The three players who are there have very limited game time in the in the position, yeah. and yet they're trying to chop and change between them while trying to implement a new defence and yeah. you know trying to fix their attack, which I know you, you don't think is a big problem, but I think I don't think it's been functioning very highly at all. Mm. And I think I apart from the the concussion, obviously that Harry Byrne got against La Rochelle was a big issue because he would have started against Sale yeah. and got two European games. But I think he needed, like, I don't understand why you're managing his minutes. Like, he should have played, he played yeah. with Holman, then play him against yeah. Ulster. Yeah. Give him the game Definitely. rhythm. If he's the guy. You've got to pick someone. Yeah, Sorry, you've got, you have to pick someone like, there. Like, I understand why you're giving Prendergast minutes for, for the long term. But, but you're, you're here now, if you want to win a Heineken Cup, yeah. you've got to have Training is good enough minutes. for him. Training is good enough for, for, for Prendergast, I think. And, 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 like, you could include him in an Irish squad, but he's there to train. Like, he, he to, to my mind, even when you look at his body, like, he's not ready for it. Like, mm. he's not ready for, like, yes, he he's... He benefited from running a Yeah, he, he, he like, yeah, exactly. He should have wanted him at the World Cup, you know, with, with, the, with the real selection. That's, that's, that's misquoted me. Scumbag media. I listened to it well. Look, we'll come back in 14 weeks and let's see where we're at. When Jack- it's not 14 from now, it's 14 from when he started. So, so 10, I think we're halfway 10 weeks, through. So 10 yeah. weeks, so yeah. But look, there's plenty. I'll hold you to that, Will. There's, there's so Jeez, we could literally fill another hour. There's so much talking points between Six Nations, Lions, Champions Cup this weekend. We're going to have to leave it there. Rod, I know you're, you're probably off to catch a flight soon. Enough. You have London and Toulon. 
Yeah, yeah. Toulon via London. It's that's not too bad. Okay. It, it'll be and your chairmanship. And yes, absolutely. Big night tomorrow night. So, uh, no, look, like looking forward to the weekend. I think it's going to be a. Been really good uh, tournament so far. It's been good, and the I'm English, really the English yeah, showing up has yeah. been really important. Yeah, I, know, so much I, I know none of the Irish teams are playing English opposition, but even the fact that Ireland are playing Six Nations game in Marseille yeah, at the end yeah. of the month frames this really, really nicely. Yeah. So, um, it's going to be a tough one, though. I think Leinster will win. If you look, I already didn't ask for predictions. Go but I'm going to give some. Um, I think Leinster will win. Ulster could win. I can't see Munster or Connacht doing that in, in France. I mean, like maybe losing bonus for Munster, but I think that's going to be tough with the injuries that they have. I like think only Leinster win this weekend. Uh, I think Leinster and Ulster win. And I go, I, I'm, I've been burned so badly by Ulster so many times, so many false stones, but I think they do it this time at home. I think they beat, uh, I think the weather will be crap and I think they'll beat them. Well, it's going to be a great weekend and I thank Rory and Luke for joining me in studio on this week's episode of the Left Wing Podcast. We will be back next week with another show and in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>